This is Flyperbole with Steve Jacot and Craig Forsyth. Two guys who need to know exactly what is on Brent FedEx Netflix quarantine queue. Craig, I can't believe what I'm seeing right here. Andy Reid, the coach of the Philadelphia Eagles, stuffing his red flag back in his pocket like an idiot when he could have easily challenged a play, had it overturned, and a Deshaun Jackson fumble would not have happened. This is... I I just... I can't believe we've gone this long without you doing it. I just discovered your mail, Reese, and I enjoy it very much, <laughs> and I wanted the people to hear it, and... It's uh so right now what is the uh, the miracle of the Meadowlands part two is on, and we have caught the good part. the uh, The Giants just scored, I think. The Giants just scored, yes. Omega thirty one. We have our typical delay going where uh, Craig is like two minutes ahead of me in whatever yeah. he's watching because I stream everything and Craig's got real TV. Uh, I I <laughs> I opted not to have the cable guy go into my basement because I'm basically only down here to podcast and and that's pretty yeah. much it. Yeah, they don't need to know anymore. But uh, it is, and uh, I I just can't believe that we've been podcasting for this long, and it's never come up to do a Merrill Reese impression. I mean, that's all. I just figured it would have come. I, I know he's an Eagles announcer. I get the that. Eagles currently down yeah. thirty-one to ten in the fourth <laughs> quarter. It's looking dire right now, Craig. Dire. I love I love Merrill. Like I I always say I have been blessed as a Philadelphia fan growing up in the the era that I did because I've gotten to enjoy just so many broadcast like legends. Uh oh, yeah. Merrill Reese, uh, I love Jim Jackson, Gene Hart, uh Callis. of course Harry Callis. Harry Callis yeah, is yeah. my friggin' idol. Like I, I I love that man. Um and you know, I, I like just legends and I, I I think I've just, I guess I, I love doing impressions of these guys because I have just, I've heard their voices so often throughout my entire lives, which is, it, it's, that's why it's weird right now to not even have sports right now. Cause you're so used to hearing those voices and in certain seasons. So right now I should be gearing up for some really cheesy Tom McCarthy bullshit where he's just like, <laughs> how about that? Well, I will say, uh, I've Callis and Reese though have two pretty distinct, like iconic yeah. voices. Jim Jackson is—I don't know if—I think we just love Jim Jackson because he does have a, a silky smooth voice, and he has also happens to be yeah, the. I think, uh, I think uh, amongst uh, hockey announcers, Jim Jackson's got a, a pretty distinctive voice, but not, yeah. you know, maybe not as distinct as uh, yeah. Merrill Reese. Or, but yeah, I, 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 you know, Jim Jackson has a, a, a distinctive voice. But yeah, uh, specifically, Callis and and Reese have very distinctive unique voices and uh callous i've never been as good at doing an impression at uh i i think everybody in the philadelphia area that is a phillies fan has a harry callous impression of, <laughs> of some sort but uh there's very few who can do that effective but merrill reese is one that it, it, less people do the merrill reese but i have always enjoyed doing it and i i've always been one of those turn down the radio throw up merrill and uh and my quick kind of guy yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's understandable. I mean, yeah, that's always a good decision. I just, yeah. <laughs> I'm happy that you're one of the few people that 
can fucking nail the Valerie, so. I just, I had to bust it out. Uh, Eli Manning just skewering the Eagles today. Four touchdowns. That's, I, I can't believe what I'm seeing here. <laughs> I do want to say, I just got to the part, but I won't ruin it for it. The, the J, Jason and Von Block on the, uh, the Brand Selleck touchdown. It's pretty, it's pretty good stuff. It's one of my favorite plays in this comeback. Now, I think Craig, it's a really I specifically remember turning this game off in a rage. But keeping up with it, I think Red Zone had just started up when this game happened. I so that's not right, yeah. I had Red Zone, so I, I turned it off in a rage. I'm like, the bullshit! It's beating, beating the fucking Giants! What the hell? And then uh, <laughs> I just kept track of it on Red Zone, and then all of a sudden, they just started inching back into it. And I'm like, okay, I don't want to have hope. I don't and then I, you know, of course, got into it. That's how it always goes as a Philadelphia sports fan, is you... you <laughs> When they're getting smoked in a game, you don't want to believe. You want to turn it off in a rage and not look back. But then you keep oh, you track of the score no matter what. Yeah. And this this Brent Selleck touchdown is specifically. I remember this happening and and going, uh, fine, that's cool. But there's no way they're going to win this game. There's no <laughs> that is actually that reminds me of uh, when the Flyers came back in 2010 and when Gagne scored in Game Four to keep the series alive. I was there. Like, uh, oh yeah! Oh shit! Nice. Oh, I was gonna say. That's I just remember. Probably my the best Flyers game I've ever been to was Game Four of that series. Uh, I, that would imagine, I think that's yeah. the only playoff. No, that's not the only playoff game, but that was the first playoff game I had ever been to, and it was it was I, I went to that game. I remember waking up that day and not being excited for it. Like I was going to my first Flyers playoff <laughs> game, not remotely excited for it. And I had a great deal for that game, too. I did a Lexus Club tickets with my buddy, where it's like you get the unlimited like food and beer. Uh, it's shitty oh, beers. Really? Like, I was drinking Bud Heavies all night, but whoa, whoa, I, whoa, 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 drank like 11 whoa, Bud whoa, whoa. Heavies. Yeah, yeah, there you go. That's when it becomes a good beer. I was going to say, don't let's not dunk on Bud Heavies right now. But I that's, mean, they uh, are an official sponsor of Fly Purbly. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, as long as you know that. Yeah, as long as we get that out there, too. That's uh, Bud Heavy, their new product, Bud Molasses. I think that was, but so when Ghania scored in that, I think my general reaction was just like, oh, I guess they're going to drag me back into this. I think they're <laughs> they're going to assume it's not over and give themselves a chance. So, and then thankfully they they went back and pulled it pulled it out. I well, buddy, when when Recky came in in that game and tied it up at the oh, last good. second to send That's that to overtime, <laughs> I was oh, I almost blew my like I was that was one of those like punch in the gut Philly fan moments right there. Yeah, that was very much, yeah, like, of course. Especially because it was a former Flyer, a beloved former Flyer. It was a huge Mark Recchi fan. And for him to be the guy who tied that game up and looked like he was going to bury the Flyers, ugh, ugh. Yeah. There are, I think you can make, I feel like you can make the argument that that series may have not been the biggest comeback in the history of pro sports, like, in terms of meaning, but I think it was, in terms of actually overcoming a deficit in the series. Like, they were down 3-0 in that series. Game four, the first game they won, they didn't have momentum going into overtime because they were deflated by that recce goal. And then they're down three games in the series, and now they're going into They have to get the next goal or they're eliminated. And then they also didn't have Jeff Carter or, um, I think, and LaPerriere that series, like, who were two pretty important guys during that run. And they were able to, and then they overcome the three goal deficit in game seven. So they just had a lot of things to overcome. And even though it's not as big as like the Red Sox beating the Yankees or the, there are a couple, I think the Leafs beat the Leafs won the 45 cup because of an overcoming an O three deficit. So it's not as big as that, but in terms of like 
what they actually overcame to complete that comeback. I don't. I think it may be the biggest like serious comeback in sports, which is uh, it was unbelievable. That was a stacked team too. That was a stacked yeah. Bruins team that they yeah they were back good against. And they and the Bruins came in. I think the Bruins were the hottest team in hockey going into the postseason, and they and. Then they get up three games on the Flyers, and then somehow they went four straight. But I was thinking of uh, all the playoff games I've been to, all the Flyers playoff games. I went to game one of the 97 Cup before I realized I was at the Stanley Cup, and the Flyers lost that one. Uh, 2009, I went to game six against the Penguins. So, yeah, we know how that went. Yeah. And then Discussed, 20... uh, I believe, on Flyperbole under quarantine earlier this week. Yeah, yeah yep. Uh, and then 2011, I went to Game 5 and watched the Sabres win it over time. And then 2014, I finally saw them win against the Rangers. I had, uh, I had press passes with Flyers Faithful and went to Game 4. Where Matt Raid. Yeah, not the brag. <laughs> but only playoff win I saw a lot was that one. Game 4 of uh, 2014. I think I've been to... I want to say I've only been to two. And it was that... That Bruins game, and I went to a really shitty Penguins game a couple years back. Oh, in 2018? Yeah, yeah. I went to, I think it was game three, the first game back in Philadelphia. Oh, the really bad one. It was was horrible. Uh, It was was really bad. And it was pouring rain out. It was just a pretty miserable situation. My buddy broke his hand on the the way in. Oh, my God. What? He had a few too many Bud Heavies, and he got excited when the Express Subway went by. It skipped us. Uh, or I don't know if it was an Express or what, but the Subway was going by, and it skipped us. And for some reason, he was just, like, so pumped about Flyers hockey, and he was like, let's fucking go! And he, like, punched the Subway car twice as it was going by. The first time, he got away with it, and he should have just not done it again. And then he did it again, and he was like, Fuck! And like shaking his hand. And I'm sitting there and I'm like, well, that's not good. Should we go up and go to the hospital right now? And he's like, no, I'll be fine. And as we're, we're going down on the subway, when the train does stop, he could just see his hand expanding. Oh no. And this is great because we also have, (laughs) my other buddy is in an orange spandex bodysuit as orange man. And it's just like, it's a shit show. It's a mess. Every so every intermission, my buddy would go in and he would go up to a vendor and he'd go up to a, uh, one vendor and get a bag and then he'd go up to like a food concession and get ice. And for some, I don't know why he didn't just reuse the same bag for ice every time, but he would do the same pattern every every intermission. <laughs> and he'd have to like beg Damn. for a bag of ice. So he wait, he toughed it out though. He toughed it out. Uh, that's hilarious. I mean, that's awesome that he, like, yeah. I mean, maybe not the smartest decision to start punching moving trains, but outside of that, you know. Outside of that, yeah. It's, it's, it's true <laughs> dedication, true. Uh, you don't see too many NBA fans doing that. No. Yeah, uh-huh, and that's the main message of this podcast. That's How tough message. are hockey fans? Let's talk about How it, right? stupid tough <laughs> hockey fans? Emphasis on the stupid. <laughs> it's just one of those I kept I shook though. my head at him the entire game like what is your problem but at the same time you know you, you kind of gotta admire the uh the stupid tough yeah no that's uh that is dedication I don't know I think 
I've never broken a bone, so I can't say if I would tough it out either, or if I would uh, start to uh, cry and want to go to the hospital. But I, I think have... that, I don't know if you know going to the hospital may not be the the, the worst decision either. So it, it, not the worst decision in that situation. <laughs> yeah, not the worst decision. I've broken my right arm twice. No, all right, doing what? Let's talk uh, about this. Oh boy, this is this is deep. Punch of trains. <laughs> I, I fell off a kitchen counter when I was three years old. Oh, okay. Well, that's not really okay. Yeah, that's yeah, not really. It's, it's not like a dumb sports injury. And I uh, slipped in footy pajamas on a waxed hardwood floor when I was six. Oh my god! You'd got it done early. You got them both all the way really yep. early on. Same arms, both elbow my elbow is horrific uh it, so next time you see me ask me to stick my right <laughs> arm out straight and you're in for a shit show oh man yeah that's a uh, damn dude both by age six that's a uh, yeah some rough stuff right I there i was very fearful on my ninth birthday that it was going to happen again yeah well i mean you've gone past that and uh well you turned 36 though right which would yes. be a, yeah. that is a multiple that is six times the age of six. So you might be in trouble this year. We'll find I could out. Be in trouble this year. Yeah. I better watch out. I did. I want to cut away real quick. Oh, I, I was going to ask before you cut away, if you wanted me to do another Merrill Reese call. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. I was going to talk about the Eagles, but go ahead. Vic in the shotgun. He's back. He's look. he's going to run. He's going to score. The Eagles are back in this game. 31 to 23. <laughs> Oh, God. And it's so good because what's about to happen now is Tom Coughlin just going to run up and down the giant sideline yelling at people, knowing that he's about to fuck up this game. So that's why it's a, it's a beautiful thing. Also, Riley Co- I forgot how much the Eagles use Riley Cooper this yeah. season. And it's, uh, it's noted, unfortunate. Noted country music fan, Riley Cooper. Yeah, noted country music concert attender uh, for not good reasons. So that's uh, that's weird. Did he go? Did he sign with another team after the Eagles, or did everybody I else realize he was racist? And then I have no idea. Yeah, who knows? What a bright spot! That guy and I was also on the same team at one point in time, and we we all watched it. Like we all willingly watched it and hoped the Eagles would win games. Then, what a time to be alive! <laughs> Fucking Chip Kelly, a coach until what? A time to be alive. And uh, I mean, do we do we do we try and you know segue into a coronavirus updates now? Sure. Yeah, not the smoothest. I mean, I'm just trying to update the people on what's going on with the league. Uh, still no hockey. They're not playing hockey yet. Um, and according to Frank Saravalli, uh, he's from here. Uh, Tuesday was the first day that Gary Bettman acknowledged that there was a uh, there's a possibility that the NHL regular season won't be finished. Um, quote, and this is what I said, quote, the best thing and easiest thing would be if we can complete the regular season and then go into the playoffs as we normally do, but we understand that may not be a possibility. Give um, up on it, Gary. That's why we're considering every conceivable alternative to the deal with whatever the eventuality is. Yeah, I mean, I think he... They want to be realistic about it. I think they have to because I, again, I don't know when. I don't know if there's really uh, any sign that's going to stop anytime soon, or things are going to go back to normal in the next month or so. And uh, I, I think they have to figure out a way to just start aiming to when, like July or August, when the league can actually return to action and just jump the rest of the regular season. We've been saying that though. I yeah. mean, they just gotta. Just gonna skip it. Um, Just and no then, expectation of the regular season coming back, and it shouldn't. It shouldn't. No, I mean that. Yeah, especially right now with where, especially like these next two weeks, apparently are gonna be even more 
difficult uh, for the country compared to what we've seen. So really, I you know, there's not really hope it's going to happen anytime soon. But the uh, and frankly, I, I think there's enough alternative proposals out there to to satisfy the teams that are on the bubble. Like you don't have to just flat out not include the teams that are on the bubble. You can expand the playoff field. Yeah. You can do a play-in game as we proposed on here, like uh, the baseball wild card game, something like that. There yeah. are a couple different options out there. And one of the options they've thrown out, or Saravalli talks about here, that the league apparently has uh, thrown around, and it wouldn't involve including more teams, but in terms of uh, position and standings to determine playoff opponents and matchups, uh, if they don't continue the regular season or if it's done playing right now, uh, they threw out the idea of what the OHL recently did uh, for their priority selection draft, and that was roll back the total number of games so every team has played the same number of games. So right now, uh, there are two teams, the Hurricanes and the Islanders, have played exactly 68 games. That is the least amount of games in the league. The rollback, uh, this idea is you roll back each team's record to their 68th game played, which would help the Flyers because the last game they played was a, uh, they were shot out by the Bruins, uh, 2 nothing. Um, and Philadelphia is one of 10 teams who have played a very nice number of games, 69. 11 teams have played 70, and 8 teams have played 71 games. So when you roll everybody back to 68 games, uh, the matchups for the postseason look a little different, and also the Flyers are looking uh, pretty fucking good. So, uh, Steve, you want to run through these matchups and talk about how awesome this could possibly be? <laughs> I would love to run through these matchups, but only after saying that if this proposal would go through, I am a huge fan because this would mean that the Flyers are division champs for the first time in nearly champ. a decade. Division champs, they would be number one in the Metro, and they would host the Hurricanes, who would be the top wild card in the East. Uh, the two sweetest words in the English language, default. <laughs> and also, as we saw with the Hurricanes, throwing out Zamboni drivers and that, so if that were to continue, I'm thinking Morazic and Reimer would probably recover from those injuries. But uh, but they both suck. They That is true, they both suck, and also... Uh, the Hurricanes' blue line is still pretty banged up. I don't think they would have Dougie Hamilton. There was talk about him possibly coming back after the pause, but again, who knows when that would be. Uh, Slavin? No. Pesci got hurt before the trade deadline, and also Sammy Votnin was still out. So. Pesci's but a very he's old man. He's extremely old. <laughs> yeah, 80 he's... years old. He just came back in the Irishman. It's... <laughs> Also can't skate, which is a huge. That's probably why he's a uh, he got injured. He just pretty small right. too. I mean, they don't really like small guys unless they have significant stick skills. <laughs> uh, I think uh, I would I would lean towards the Flyers on this one. I think they have the edge there. I think they I have. Think they uh, have the edge. Yeah. They've they played well against Carolina this year, and and I think they I would, would be... welcome that matchup. I would certainly welcome that matchup more than the Penguins, who is their most likely opponent, no matter what happens if they play the playoffs. Yeah, and the thing that I will say about the Hurricanes is... Not no matter, because we're going to discuss some other formats that could potentially happen, but... Yeah, uh, the the Hurricanes are a team that the games will look closer because they're going to be able to drive play, but as we talked about a little bit, the goaltending is still a little suspect. Worked their way, it worked for them last season. Uh, Mrazic was able to play fine the postseason, and they were able to edge out a really close series against the Caps, and then we're able to sweep the Islanders in a, a series where they got a, got a couple bounces in close games again. But I, they have the potential to make a postseason run, but I feel like the Flyers would 
and take care of business in that series. These other series, though, let's talk about these other fucking series. The other Metro series would be the Cavs as the two seed hosting the Penguins as the three seed. So again, we would get Crosby against Ovechkin, uh, but still, always, always pretty good entertainment. Those types of series. I mean, Penguins, Pens, Cavs has been a pretty good series for a while now, and they haven't played in a couple years now. I think. I think last time they they played each other was in the second round when the uh, the Pens beat the Caps before the uh, the Pens ultimately won it all. But oh no, it was 2018. Sorry. Yeah, the Caps beat the Penguins, and then the Caps won in 2018. So it would be uh, always a fucking good series. That would be uh, that would be another good Metro one. Boston and New York, the Islanders uh, as the uh, the Islanders as the second wild card would be the other another matchup in the East, and then the final one would be the Lightning against the Maple Leafs. All three of those. Yeah. I'm all here for Lightning Maple Leafs. I feel like the Lightning would run over the Maple Leafs, but I would be here for that. I would be excited about that. I, I would um, I would be excited about that. Genius. And well, I, I think there would be a shit ton of goals scored though. A lot of, I think there would be, but, and again, it's going to be different now if they were to continue the season, but I thought the Lightning kind of honed in on the defensive side of the puck and we're kind of, we're starting to limit the chances against, which was something that they really didn't do. Fazilowski had a strong year last year, and I think they may have been fine in some of the underlying numbers when it comes to like defensive uh, stats, but obviously in the postseason, it it went to hell. And even when you look at the Flyers games, the Flyers lost a couple six, five overtime games. So obviously the lightning weren't shutting things down, but like there's winning streaks they had this year. The second, the second time the Flyers lost at the tail end of a 10 game winning streak for the lightning. It was the 10th game in that winning streak. And up to that, up to that point in time in the winning streak, the lightning had only given up like nine goals. So they were averaging under a goal per game against. So if they bring that defensive mentality to the postseason with maybe not Stamkos because he would still be injured, but like Kucherov and Plot and Johnson and Kalorn and Point. And you, you you put that in there with a defensive system that doesn't give up any chances in Vasilevsky and that I feel like they would roll over. They, I, I wouldn't put a pass on the come out of the East. I mean, it would be them and the Bruins, I think. Whoever won that second round series would be going to the going to the cup if they didn't lose to the uh lose to the flyers you know in the eastern conference final but, which clearly they would i mean yeah clearly they would yeah but the, i think the i mean the maple Leafs, they just this was the maple Leafs were a little underwhelming this year uh they're getting oh, yeah i mean they they played get, shit for half the season they yeah, just were good and like uh, and anderson was the reason he would they were in a lot of games early on and then he kind of had a rough stretch down the last couple of months before uh, everything got shut down. And also they, you know, they, they probably would have been the three seed no matter what, but they've hit a couple of rough patches. They went out and they had a three game series against the terrible California teams this year, and they didn't get any points. And they benefited from the Panthers and the rest of the Atlantic kind of uh, sucking from three through eight. So they had a little bit of breathing room to blow some easy points away and stay in that third spot. Like the Flyers did back in 2014 where they had, they were the third team in the division. They weren't really that great of a playoff team, but nobody was really challenging for the third spot. So the, the Maple Leafs got a little bit of that this year. And uh, maybe if the Panthers figure out defense a little bit, it may not be as easy uh, next season. But that is, that's a good Eastern Conference slate. Uh, I would Man, pick the Flyers. Talk about a disappointing team right there. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, and it's it's just bottom the, the defense. They, they give up a ton of chances against. So... And Bob really didn't do anything to kind of cancel that out. Like, uh, if one of them gets their uh, shit together next season, the Panthers might actually be 
a little more competitive for the wild card spot. But uh, who, who you got? Yeah, you want to run through what the uh, Eastern Conference would look like here? I got sure. the Flyers over the Hurricanes. Yeah, yeah. Who would you? Flyers and six. Yeah, that's a fair. I'll go with that. I would pick the Caps over the Penguins. I think. I would right now. Yeah. Yeah, because uh, the Penguins too. Also, uh, after uh, they had the huge stretch of play where the goaltending helped to bail them out while Crosby was out, uh, it looks like that kind of came back down to earth, and they had. I would say Gensel makes a difference if they get Gensel back. If he plays. Yeah, if he plays, right. But I I still think the Caps have the edge regardless. Yeah, and also Gensel, I mean, we're talking about Gensel coming in off a shoulder shoulder injury in late December, and he hasn't, uh, he nobody's skating right now. He hasn't probably skated. I think he started skating uh, before everything got shut down, but he, you know, he hasn't seen game action. I think he helps, but I don't think he's enough of a difference maker to, to really propel them to that point. Yeah, uh, Boston. I'm picking them over the Islanders. The Islanders, another team. That oh yeah, kind of seemed like they were losing their uh, defensive grasp heading into the postseason, and also the Bruins are essentially a bigger, more talented version of what the Islanders are trying to be. <laughs> I have um, some very, very eloquent thoughts on the Islanders. No light on me. Them. It's a. I agree. You brought up a lot of good points, and that's pretty much where they sit. Yeah, very trust in my assessment. More like Barry Farts, you know what I mean? With a Z. F-A-R-T-Z. Anyway, Lightning uh, Lightning in five. I'm going to put the Lightning in five. Maybe that will ruffle the uh, feathers of some Maple Leafs fans in the fictitious series. Uh, we're never going to see, you know? <laughs> I agree. I agree with that. We'll go with that. Uh, out West, Avs first in the Central taking on the Canucks as the second wild card. I would give the Avs a sweep in that. Avs are sweeping, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, because Vancouver... Again, I went on that whole fucking thing about the uh, how the Leafs kind of didn't have that much of a fight to be in the third spot in the Atlantic. The Canucks have kind of been like they, I, they've been up and down all season. They kind of feel like the most inconsistent playoff team in the West to me. Uh, but they here's will... my assessment of the Canucks. Oh god! If you got them as a random team in NHL, you would be okay with it. You wouldn't be particularly happy, but you wouldn't be mad about it. That's a pretty solid analysis. They also, I don't, I think they have a lot of flaws, and I also don't think there's any, like, big strength that would be an advantage over it. Like, they don't have an amazing special teams unit, or they don't kill yet five on five. There's nothing, or, like, their gold tip, like, Markstrom's not going to set the world on fire and steal a series for you. So I, I think there are a lot of ways for them to lose a series, and the Avs are pretty damn talented, and uh, I don't know if they can slow down McKinnon. Or Rantanen or anybody, even though Random may still be out. Uh, Blues second in the Central against the Stars. That would be a good-ass series. Low-scoring, defensive. I think it would be, I would just expect a, a copy of what the hell happened last postseason. Just a really tight seven-game series that may need extra time. <laughs> yeah, I don't I know if they'll get a double overtime of game seven, but. Blues in six or seven, yeah. Yeah, it would be a really good one. Which sucks for the Stars, because I do think the Stars are built are, are built pretty well and play defensive first uh, hockey. It, you know, it sucks they would lose and would only win one series these last two years. But uh, Vegas first in the Pacific against the Preds as the first wild card. I'd have to, I think I'd have to give the Vegas. Vegas was playing pretty good. I like the additional laner. I think, uh, and I think the Knights would. I think the Knights have. I forgot to look at how the Knights have been doing, but I'm pretty sure they would dominate at five and five, and they have pretty good special teams. I'm not I sure. Think about the Knights that. picked I think it the up since. Since uh, the coaching change, right? Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. All I need is a little bit of DeBoer behind the bench. You know, your favorite coach. The coach Lord you said. Lord DeBoer. 
You said if I could fire AV right now and hire any coach in the league, it would be Peter DeBoer, and I get what the Golden Knights are doing. I think that's what you said like a that's week exactly ago. exactly what I said. Word I, verbatim, I, yeah. That was what <laughs> Well, you know, I've got my Peter DeBoer pin that I wear every show. It's just a, a pin of his face, and I wear yeah. it on my, my lapel. You have a, a Panther jersey that just says it says DeBoer on the back, and then uh, you got the number three because he thought he was going to win three cups in Florida, but you know, it's neither here nor there. Um, I, I am officially a DeBoer whore. <laughs> oh, nice. All right. That's a good one. Uh, last series, Oilers against the Flames in what would be just a fucking awesome series. Just the whole, just Kachuk against Cassian, a lot of violence. Uh, McDavid and Dreisaitl against uh, Gaudreau and Monaghan. And I think it would be a pretty good series. Imagine uh, having to scrape up the ice from, from that series. Oh, my God. Yeah, it would be. be like an oh, yeah, Ronaldo's series. there. Yeah. That probably, sounds awesome. Like, it, that is throwback 80s hockey series yeah, right the Battle there. of Alberta, yeah. That, bunch would be... of fights, bunch of scoring. Oh, it sounds great. I mean, if we're looking at this, you get Cavs-Penguins on one side, and then you get uh, Oilers-Flames on the other side. And all these, there's not really a bad series of this whole bunch. I think the most lopsided may be um, it's either Bruins, Islanders, or Avs, Canucks. But either way, those are still going to be those would still be entertaining series. So uh, maybe they go with this one. Maybe this Let's is what. Let's just uh, transport all these guys to Antarctica right now, secret hockey facility in Antarctica, and let's play this shit. Let's get it done. Well, maybe not Antarctica, but according to our, our best friend Greg Wyshynski, uh the league. Well, it's okay, so Elliot the Devils Freeman, hold the cup for ten minutes. <laughs> yeah, he said instead of them doing the postseason, why not give each individual devil the, the title this year? So in twenty twenty, <laughs> you know, uh Nico Hischer won the Stanley Cup pass, did and MVP. Yeah, and MVP. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, sixteen sixteen and oh the devils want this postseason. Uh, but according to Elliot Freeman, uh, there have been talks about playing games in North Dakota to finish the regular season. Um, and this is uh, from Sportsnet, Elliot Freeman on Sunday. Quote, let's preface this with the fact that at this time, we're all just guessing at returning to play timelines. Thank you, Elliot. But the NHL and NHLPA are beginning to spitball scenarios as to where the remaining 2019-2020 regular season slash playoffs could be held. One location that's been mentioned North Dakota. Uh, and then he goes on to mention uh, Ralph Anglestead Arena in Grand Forks, North Dakota, home of Dave Haxtell's uh, University of North Dakota Fighting Hawks, where he, uh, you know, it would be funny if they held the Stanley Cup there because then North Dakota fans would be confused about them winning. A, well, I think they won after Haxtell left, so that joke is by the wayside. But the point was, you know, yeah, anyway, what's up? Joel's <laughs> just setting it all up for Haxtell to win at last. Like, it's a Haxtell league, and we, we knew it was going to happen. Every you year, next Flyers coach has to win the cup, we know. You, you know what? I mean, maybe they come back. Maple Leafs catch steam. Haxtell's holding the cup out in Grand Forks and celebrating with all the North Dakota fans. Is that, you know that guy likes to party. Timeline. You've seen him windsurf. That's a timeline. Yeah, he that guy fucking loves windsurf. That's a timeline you couldn't even, even predict it, that Dave Haxtell will be able to hoist the Stanley Cup with other North Dakotian. Well, he's not North Dakotian, but you know what I'm fucking saying. That yeah, would have been party, a crazy... Have some beers in the back of a truck. <laughs> Go to the but, lake. There's, I don't think there's a lake, is there? I don't know. Uh, it's a big state. I mean, I is figured it? there's got to be one out there. It's a big state with like eight people, but I mean, they're out there. Like, it's out there. I wouldn't. It is there. I wouldn't argue for against the geography of North. I mean, I imagine there's some lakes, a couple hills. 
I am so excited to get a tweet from our one listener in we... North Dakota tomorrow going, bro, why are you trashing North Dakota? <laughs> I love it here. I can drive my four-wheeler wherever I want. He's going to... They're going to shoot out a picture of the apartment complex they never lived nearby and it's gonna have like 16 people in it and be like see this place is popping and then we'll be like well i mean you know uh wasinski uh from i got this from cbc but wasinski also threw out uh that the league is considering regional playoff sites rather than the option of holding a playoffs in a single By the city way, deadwood south dakota so i'm i'm very sorry oh my god yeah no you're dakota's can't baby. believe i got north and south dakota mixed up jesus what's wrong yeah. with me they uh, they have any spots out there in Pierre, South Dakota? A lot of Deadwood action happened in Pierre. No. Anyway, uh, there's a uh, Wyshynski said regional playoff sites rather than holding the playoffs in a single city or facility. Reported games would be staggered throughout the day from afternoon to late night, similar to the Olympic hockey schedule. And to me, that sounds fucking awesome. If that's what this comes down to, that. In August, every NHL team or like every playoff team is just in the same city or the same arena, and we're just going to watch playoff hockey from the afternoon until like midnight. I mean, and there's nothing that else going on. Sounds that, like the best way to send quarantine. I that sounds pretty good to me. That sounds in the words good of to me. in the words of Michael Keaton in the legendary film Batman. You want to get nuts? Let's get nuts. <laughs> and in the line of Michael Keaton from another movie multiplicity we've gone down this rabbit hole before i think i think we have we have discussed think, multiplicity but, on here yeah uh that's all i'm bringing i'm trying to think of another guy's line uh, but uh i don't i can't think of any tlc lyric at the moment but honestly this will be this is what i'm looking at right <laughs> I don't now know what you guys are talking about <laughs> so don't go chase some waterfalls man. don't go chase some waterfalls you, you have to be referencing tlc at this point <laughs> by the way trevor law is making a play on my tv with the. Uh, 40 seconds left setting up. Uh, uh, Eli Manning almost uh, threw a pick just now as per typical Eli Manning. You could say that about any play in the history of his life. <laughs> I just saw some great Manning face. Man, this game, you know, those are underrated aspects of this game too. We had a lot of Manning face and a lot of Coughlin face. Coughlin, you know, he looks, whenever Coughlin's pissed, it looks like he is trying to read something off the face of the sun. Like the way he squints and looks at whatever he's pissed <laughs> off about he's just like the way he looks it's just, just uh, constantly looking at an eclipse yeah he's like wait a minute i'll get it <laughs> he's like trying to figure it out he's like why do i need a cardboard box to look at this hold on well give me a second i'll what's it say <laughs> so he looks like every damn time uh other covid19 news the third av uh, it's come out that there was a third av that tests positive for uh, coronavirus on tuesday Puts the total up to eight NHL players, five Senators, and three Avs. We don't know any of the names yet because um, I think the NHL is better at covering that up than the NBA was. Uh, it was also announced that CCM, the hockey manufacturer, announced that they'll donate 500,000 surgical masks to frontline personnel uh, uh, yesterday. So that'll be Good. helpful for everybody. Uh, and then also, I just wanted to add this. This is from Dr. Alan Drummond of the Canadian Association of Emergency Room Physicians on when the NHL yeah, that's right. Uh, on the NHL and other leagues should resume play. I believe uh, Rick Westhead retweeted this, so that's why I'm giving this tweet, uh, or uh, quote, Merit, uh, quote, nobody gives a shit right now. There's only one focus in the entire world now. 
I love sports as much as anybody, but this is really not the time. At the end of the day, sports is a means of entertainment played by well-paid athletes for the pleasure of all of us. It can be a great distraction. We're probably in the fight of our lives. This is the time for us to concentrate on one thing and one thing only, COVID-19. Frankly, for the protection of our staff, we do not want some kid who just spent five hours flying in a tin can from the West Coast to Ottawa to come and threaten the well-being of our staff with potential COVID. Uh, better to turn hockey arenas into makeshift hospitals or morgues. So this guy needs a Snickers. Or, like, I don't know. Like, he seems very <laughs> upset. Like, he... I, mean, I, I get I, it. I get it. I get it. I get it. I just... Man. Yeah, he doesn't sound too happy about... I just like the nobody gives a shit right nobody now. Nobody gives a shit. The very good... Yeah, it's a very good, like, so, like whenever they... I guess that is my first initial reaction right now, too, when they kind of ask, like, are we going to see games soon? I'm just kind of like, I don't think that's happening. I don't think games soon is on the table. And I really wish leagues would just kind of say it's not going to happen for another month or two. I don't know if that's something that will, like, make people freak out even more. But I think the the whole lollygagging and, like, even the self-quarantine timelines that keep getting pushed back. Like, I... We're just going to keep getting pushed back and back. And I feel like that deadline's going to move back like seven or eight times without the league eventually going, yeah, we can't do shit until June. Like, we're just going to have to keep hearing about that timeline. But uh, there's that. And then uh, around, away from the league. Um, away uh, fan from of the, the show. <laughs> Not around the league. Away from the league. A uh, friend of the show, Jake Riley, at Jake underscore D underscore Riley, tweeted us about how uh, Guy Fieri's new relief fund for out-of-work restaurant employees raised $10 million in four days. We make fun of Guy Fieri a lot, but uh, dude's out there killing it right now. I, I, yeah, was, I, mean, I was trying to read up about what else he was doing, but he's been doing a lot of work for uh, people out of work that work at restaurants and everything like that. And uh, he's uh, yeah, he's a good guy. I mean, we know he's a good guy. And obviously, he's doing a lot right now to help people in need. Uh, but, uh, you know. He's got a heart of golden nacho cheese. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, yeah, I don't know what to say. He's a good guy. That's all I got about Guy Fiat. I thought we mentioned Guy Fiat. We haven't talked about him in a, in a minute. This decision to, to uh, raise all this money is uh, straight to flavor town for me. It's a great, it's a very tasty decision. So that is a hundred percent a trip uh, all the way to Flavortown. That's great. That's yeah, great sure. news from from Guy. And uh, yeah, we we talk about him a lot. But that man, he does have basically my dream job, where he's just going around eating delicious food all day and getting paid for it. Seems like he's also cognizant of that and uh, is willing to give back. So that's always. It's always good. Uh, Guy Fieri, big fan. Please come on the show. Uh, another By thing. By the way, I... we, we well before we we move on from that, uh, we do need to mention we we are aware that apparently John Taffer and Guy Fieri did a podcast together <laughs> oh, yeah, that we need to check right. out at some point. It's just I I'm almost afraid to listen to it because I can't even imagine what that sounds like. But we do reference both of those guys quite a bit on this show. Yeah, we have Taffer to... more for the uh, more for the get your act together. This place is a disgrace. You're calling us a hockey team. <laughs> and then Guy Fieri just giving us the uh, what's up with uh, what's new with nachos in Topeka, Kansas. So that's he's been they, they're both bringing a lot to the table. And yeah, well, I'm gonna check. I'm gonna have to check out that podcast and make sure we can uh, make fun of it on the show, or if we want to make fun of it on the show. Pulled <laughs> pork in Alaska. <laughs> This week on Diners, Drive-Ins, and Dives. Uh, I travel to the core of the earth, where I find... 
the best damn eggs benedict on the planet earth or inside the planet earth <laughs> where's the best blt this side of the mississippi well we're gonna have to get to the earth's mantle dig a little deep to the ground you'll find it <laughs> i like the metal call <laughs> You know, you know, you always hear about the crust or the core. You never hear about the mantle enough. Hey, you gotta Under, get underrated part of the earth. Dig a little dig, dig a little deep there, and you'll find the best BLT of your life. Yeah, guy, guy Fiat there. He'll probably hand you the sandwich once you uh, dig down in there. So, I wanted uh, the another thing I saw was uh, according to Woj, uh, the NBA and ESPN are working on. I don't know if this happened or not. I saw this tweet a couple of days, and I've. Uh, the real world. I, I mean, I haven't been keeping up the real world at all. So uh, the NBA and ESPN are working on televising a horse competition involving several high-profile players. Sources say players would shoot in isolation, presumably home gyms, must be nice, and match gym shots against or match shots against competitors. Do you think the NHL could do an equivalent? Slash, I don't know what an equivalent would be. Like breakaway challenges against uh significant others in their driveway i think that would be the only way they could do it because nobody is really going on ice right now i don't think anybody also in canada i mean it's it's approaching springtime i think the last snows on the ground are are starting to melt so i I can't imagine you can go out to the lake to do it yeah that's the that's a big hurdle that i think uh the nhl is going to face compared to the other leagues uh is just NBA players, NFL tra- uh, players, and uh, MLB players can still all train almost to the fullest extent without with all the facilities being shut down and self-isolation and everything. It's really hard to replicate skating or like ice skating without an actual rink. I think I saw Claude Giroux rollerblading while walking the dog the other day. Yeah, so, I mean, that's going to be the extent of it. And even then, rollerblading is still not quite... The same as ice. At skating. least you're working out the right muscles. Yeah, that is. Yeah, that is true. Yeah, I do want to see some a uh, little bit of back skating, some backwards rollerblading, and uh, some quick cuts on rollerblades. So might be a little well, dicey. Let's go look at some old Philadelphia Bulldogs highlights from. <laughs> oh, dropping a Philly Bulldogs. All right. Was it? I think it was Marcello who tried out for them. That sounds about right. That sounds like a Marcello story. If we're being honest. That it sounds like something. I think we just have to have Marcello on one day to just do yeah, Marcello stories. Yeah, the guy that tried out for the Philadelphia Bulldogs that now runs like an award-winning restaurant. So yeah, that sounds that's Marcello's life is fascinating. <laughs> a lot of he's, aspects. He's of it. why we're here doing this. Yeah, he really is. Yeah, <laughs> that is. Yeah, creating podcasts for the greater good of Philadelphia. He's done so much for the city. Nobody, nobody even knows him. We got to get the word out. Fun fact: He brought me on to Flyers Faithful to write, and I was the one who said, "But what about a podcast?" Oh, nice! He brought me on the right, and then um, I just wrote. I just did what he, he just did the writing. So that's what I did. And then uh, shout out to Kim. <laughs> yeah. Shout out to Kim, Hal. I don't remember everybody else. That uh, Kevin, Kevin, Justin, Dane, Casey, Casey. Did Casey actually write for us? I don't think Casey wrote, but Casey of course designed the Fly Perbly logo and uh, worked with me on on Gearadelphia making. I, I, oh, you know, I, I, I often lament the <laughs> the fate of Gearadelphia because I, I create a lot of fun stuff for that. I I I, I cherish like the koozies I have. Like I was just looking at the, who wants the sex Matumbo koozie. 
the uh, the other day. I was using that, and that was a that was a good one. What's this? They had a oh out of Sex Matumbo. It's what a time. What a time. Can you do a Who Wants a Sex Matumbo in a Meryl Reese voice? <laughs> who wants the Sex Matumbo? <laughs> I'll tell you who wants the Sex Matumbo. Primo's Hoagies. <laughs> All right. I don't even know if we should do the rest of the podcast. I feel like this is... We hit like the peak. This Are you looking where... for the best hoagie in the greater Philadelphia area? Primo's has you covered. Now let's move on to the Matt Blatt auto splat of the game, where Craig's going to talk about how Claude Giroux was almost traded to Boston or Florida. Thanks, Merrill. Yeah, let's talk about some of these trades. So I want to emphasize, these are trades, or uh, apparently trades that were shot down. I don't know if I'll be talking about them if we weren't in the situation we were. So these are very loosely based rumors that I got off a website called letsgoflyers.net. I followed them on Facebook years ago. Sounds legit. You know they get that off hockey boards too? No, I didn't do that. I got them. HF boards? I followed them on Facebook years ago. And this one story popped up in my feed about Drew possibly being traded years ago. Linked to another rumor about him possibly being traded years ago. And then I looked at the, uh, the insider that's linked to this all, a guy named Mark McGuire. Seems like he used to be a hockey insider. Uh, Did and you say apparently... Mark McGuire? Oh, Martin McGuire. Mark McGuire. If a Martin guy named Mark pivoted... McGuire, he used to do steroids. You know, I would just I would picture him like breaking some news, and they'd be like, "Another one I hit out of the park," and then he just like has a baseball emoji in the tweet. That would be Mark McGuire inside. That's not a good joke. Just let's move breaking, on from that. But the breaking news records and the rules. <laughs> you remember when he hit a home run? He hit the. Uh, Record-setting home run and then missed first base. Like, he had to go back and touch first base again on that home oh, yeah. run. Yeah. What an idiot. What a maroon. Anyway, uh, Mark McGuire apparently used to be... Apparently he is a Canadian's insider. Uh, was on TSN this week. And I couldn't find uh, him... I couldn't find actual quotes of him saying this. And also, he only speaks French. And I got a audio clip of a French radio station where all this was apparently laid out. So, again... I love all of this. Maybe not. Yeah, probably not the most legitimate sources. Probably didn't even happen. But guess what? We're going to talk about it. We're going to pretend like these things are real. We're going to run with them. And then when everybody is back to their lives, living normally, we'll shoot this down. So we'll circle back to this in a couple months. But anyway, right now, <laughs> <laughs> this is what uh, the first one was how apparently in 2009, Claude Drew was almost traded to the Florida Panthers in exchange for Craig Anderson. Uh, quote, McGuire reports that Claude Drew came within minutes of being traded to the Panthers. According to McGuire, the Panthers were having trouble getting goalie Craig Anderson to sign an extension before he become a UFA during the summer of 2009. With then general manager Jacques Martin, Jacques Martin, realizing no deal was going to happen, he started to shout the goalie around. McGuire adds that the Flyers were still looking to solve their goalie problems. Philly was willing to send a young Claude Drew to Florida for Anderson. Drew had just played 42 games for the Flyers and registered nine goals and 18 assists. The story goes that when then Panthers vice president was certain Anderson would re-up with Florida, so he went behind Martin's back and canceled the deal with Philly. Anderson would later end up signing with the Colorado Avalanche during free agency, where he then went on and had a 50-save shutout against the Sharks, uh, top two of the Sharks the next season. But that is uh, So that's the first rumor. So Claude Drew almost got traded to the Panthers for Craig Anderson. Woof, that would have been a fucking terrible <laughs> deal. <laughs> that would have been a terrible deal because they still would have had to have gone the uh, Carter route, Carter Hart route to uh, getting a goalie. 
and then they would just not have Claude on top of that. So I'm happy he didn't get traded to the Panthers for Craig Anderson. Steve, do you agree? Is that a good call? Yeah. Are we happy? Yeah. So that one, and then uh, since Rue stayed in Philly, uh, apparently Holmgren almost tried to trade him again in 2009-2010. Quote, McGuire revealed that back during the 2009-2010 season, the Bruins had a deal in place to send goalie Tim Thomas to the Flyers. The Flyers, of course, have been searching for a solution in between the pipes. McGuire revealed they had offered Claude Drew to the Panthers for Craig Anderson. See, this is the article I saw. The trade was done, but asked by the Panthers' vice president. It's clear what the Flyers had on the table for Thomas, but McGuire reveals that Thomas used his no-trade clause to block the trade to Philly. Thomas would go on to dominate the league the following year as he led the Bruins to the 2010-11 Stanley Cup. So, yeah, there's that one, too. And uh, this Which- is more... That one I would have been more intrigued by. I mean, talent-wise, Tim Thomas was top-notch at that point, and that would have been great for the current Flyers team, given yeah. you know the talent they had you know, with Rick Richards, Carter, Pronger, all that. Like they they had a lot of talent in place, and they they could afford to give up something for the goaltending position. I don't know what else they would have had to give up. And this is again speaking from Tim Thomas from a pure talent standpoint. I yeah. hate that guy's friggin' personality all day. Off the ice. Maybe an issue, but on the ice, he was psychotic and got the job done for a limited time. And uh, sounds like a perfect Flyers goalie. Sounds like a Flyers goalie. Uh, I think to me, this is interesting for a lot of aspects because Tukarask was their guy in 2010 uh, when they started heating up and going down the stretch. So he was the backup. Claude Drew on that Flyers team during that 2010 Cup season or 2010 uh, postseason, uh, he was a pretty integral part to that team getting that deep. Uh, also, I mean, we don't know. Tim Thomas was also the reason the Bruins won the cup the next season. I mean, he had a, I think he had like a 940 something save percentage in the postseason. He went ballistic and, uh, pretty much canceled out all Peter Shirelli's, uh, trades that, that season. And, uh, I, you know, this isn't really a, what the, what could have been with the Flyers really, but just kind of how it altered the league, I guess. Because if Tim Thomas is on the Bruins in 2011, they don't. I don't think they won the Cup that year. So we would have had a different team winning the Cup. And also, I don't know if, uh, you know, butterfly effect, if uh, Tim Thomas is here and Drew is in Boston, the uh, 2010 series, series probably doesn't happen again either. Yeah, that's, I mean, we're talking about what-ifs on the, the last Big Yeah, and these are two big what-ifs. Yeah. Well, uh, I think a- I'm... I'm certainly glad the first one didn't happen. The second one, that's a huge what if. I, I don't know how that would have played out differently. But yeah. uh, also I love Claude Giroux, so I'm probably glad it didn't play out like that. But if it had led to a cup, you know. Uh... I was going to say, uh, the Flyers did also get to overtime of game six in the cup with Michael Layton in net. So maybe uh, any other warm body may have done a little better, or maybe if they got to that point, he wouldn't have given up, you know, that type of goal. But that that's a lot of uh, a lot of jumping the conclusions there. But this is yeah. also a, a wild what if factor. So, <laughs> and you also think though that Claude Drew had that huge goal in the Stanley Cup final. Yeah, yeah, and I'm thinking of the the twenty the, the Bruins series too. He had that what may be my favorite play sequence. Flyers, uh, when he wasted about 25 seconds of the clock in the, the corner of the Bruins zone with like two minutes left in game seven. 
I mean, Drew had well, a significant contribution to that team at age 22. He had uh, 10 yeah. goals, 11 assists, 21 points in 23 games. So uh, damn impressive postseason for Claude Drew in yeah. his second full NHL season. Third? Third full NHL? No, second first. full NHL season. For, uh, first, oh, first, first full. Yeah, because his yeah. 2008-2009 was when he played like 40-something games. And then this was, this was his first and uh, JVR's first full, uh, full season in the league. Uh, was uh, 2009 2010 yeah so his first full league he was he was going off and uh yeah the uh, and he also i think he had a two goal game against the canadians uh in montreal so he, he did pretty good he did pretty good in that round but just uh again i tried to confirm this with uh by actually seeing mark mcguire tweet out these things he i again tweets in french and also i didn't see anybody else linking to these uh the subject so it could all be made up that's what i'm getting at. <laughs> but i don't fake you know. fucking news yeah fake news but you know it did kill some times before we're all stuck in our homes so look at it that way i guess is what i'm going at speaking of bored and ready to do thing new things as well uh pierre laviolette wants to coach again that's via adam kimmelman of nhl.com we all want hockey and, uh, pack lava we get it <laughs> yeah and uh Gave out some really uh, bland quotes about becoming a coach. Again, quote, I think sometimes in coaching, when you're watching, always watching and always learning, sometimes you can forget what it is that brought you to the table in the beginning, what's important to you. For me, what I've been doing right now is I've been going back and getting what's important to me as a coach systematically, identity, team building, player personnel, and thinking about that and wherever that may take me. Um, right now, it's just a plan. I think you're constantly learning about the game. There's been so many changes in the way the game is played. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, the point is we're going to talk about Pierre Laviolette. So Pierre Laviolette was let go. You missed some quotes. Critters. You missed some quotes. Uh, there was, of course, uh, Laviolette would go on to say, I miss the little things like loudly chomping gum, punching <laughs> Ville Leno in the head, assaulting <laughs> other coaches. Getting some fucking jam up in here. I think that was the last thing he said. Something about playing with jam. So we're in oh, yeah, well, It's all about that jam. Too. It's about as casual as it fucking gets in here. You know why, Hartsy? Anyway, he was fired on January 6th. His most famous uh, quote, shut the fuck up, Riz. <laughs> he was about to be. <laughs> Actually, I think one of my favorite lively like, quotes is when he got that confrontation with Steve Ott, and then he just pushed Steve Ott to get the fuck out of my way or whatever. <laughs> so that would be, I think that's my favorite lively like, quote. He was... Uh, Supposed to be the coach for Team USA at the World Championship, uh, the 2010 World Championship, which is not happening now, probably. Uh, and he is 637, 425, and 123 with 25 ties in 1,210 games behind the bench in the NHL between the Islanders, Hurricanes, Flyers, and Predators. Second in wins for U.S.-born coaches, Tortorella, 655. 16th all-time NHL wins, won the Cup in 2006 with Carolina, reached the Stanley Cup final in 2010 with the Flyers and 2017 with the Predators. Uh, one of four coaches in NHL history to lead three different teams to the Stanley Cup final. Dick Irvin uh, did all right as, as coach, led Chicago to their first cup appearance in 1931, won with Toronto in 1932, but also lost with Toronto in 1933, 35, 36, 38, 39, and 40. Man, that's a lot of losing in the last round there for Toronto. Uh, one with the Canadians in 1944, 1946, and 1953, but also lost with the Habs in 
55. Guy reached the cup final in 16 of the 27 seasons he coached, which uh, it's not a bad percentage. You can get to the last round for over half your career. I think that's uh, you're doing something right behind the bench. Uh, and then somebody did that a little bit later. Scotty Bowman lost three straight cups with the Blues in 1968, 69, 70. Won five cups in eight years with the Canadians, 1973, 1976, 1977, 1978, 1979. Uh, <laughs> fired in the seventh season with the Sabres and won three total playoff series. Won a cup with the Penguins in 92, one of his two seasons with the team, and then won three cups in nine years with the Red Wings and also lost in the 1995 Stanley Cup final. I just love that Scotty Bowman, everywhere he went, it be, like the teams became gold except for Buffalo, where Buffalo stayed Buffalo and they couldn't get past the second round with him behind the bench. And then Mike Keenan uh, lost with Philadelphia in 1985 and 1987, lost with Chicago in 1992, and then, of course, won with the Rangers in 1994. One cup and three Stanley Cup final Appearances in 20 seasons. Scotty Bowman, nine cups and four of their Stanley Cup finals appearances in 13 seasons. So 13 cup appearances in 30 seasons for Scotty Bowman. Uh, a little bit later in the game, it was a little more impressive. Uh, but I, for this, where do you think a lot of you like could land up? I put down a couple of landing spots, Steve. Uh, got the Devils, who still have Elaine Nazardane as their interim coach. Uh, the Red Wings, who still have Jeff Blazel as their coach. Uh, Calgary still has Jeff Ward as their interim coach. Minnesota has Dean Evison as their interim coach. The Kings have Tom McClellan still. Sharks have Bob Bugner as their interim coach. Um, I didn't put Chicago and Montreal because both those franchises have come out and said that Claude Julian and Jeremy Colleton are safe for next season. But I think Lavilla would have fit best with Chicago. Where do you ha- what, what do you think about these other teams, though? Which one are you so picking them for? I think the best fit is Calgary, but... I kind of like the idea of him in Minnesota. Oh, I was going to say, I don't like him in Minnesota, but what do you... Actually, no, I shouldn't say that. I don't know why I just like the... I think it might be just the fact that I kind of like the wild in like a weird little way, but I I don't know. I just kind of... And also, he's a good old American boy. I don't want to see him, you know, outside the... the Oh, yeah, that is true. Uh, I, I think the best fit, though, is Calgary. I think Calgary. I think Calgary. All these teams is the best fit. Uh, I think Jeff Ward might be working himself into uh, the the head coaching role after. Um, oh my God, Bill Peters left. I forgot the guy's name, which probably isn't the worst thing. But uh, and Minnesota too is a, a team that I guess I shouldn't have that. They were a team that you know they're historically very defensive oriented, but I think they're. I think they were producing a little more offensively than they usually did in years past. At least at five and five in terms of driving play, I think they were up to charts more than they usually are. So uh, maybe uh, maybe a little more offense in Minnesota than uh, people realize. Would also get Kevin Fiala back there. So uh, the Kings, I mean the Kings and Sharks are just kind of dumpster fires. I don't think uh, I don't think it really make a difference if you went to either of those places. Same with the Red Wings. Um, the Devils are a little interesting, but I don't. I mean, I still think that would be... Don't disgrace him like you disgraced my Wayne Simmons. Yeah, yeah, I prefer he doesn't go to the Devils. But I, I'll be here for the, the Flames of the Wild, I guess. Those would be two good thoughts. I honestly think the, like his run-and-gun-style offense with what Chicago still has offensively, I feel like he might be able to turn that team not into a good team, but a playoff team that wins games with their offense. Like, it would be high-scoring games where... Uh, they do, and they would lose in the first round, but they would actually be a playoff team. With that, that's the only that's the only one I can really see him thriving in. But 
We'll see. He's got to be behind the bench again, right? He's not done. Oh, yeah. He's yeah gonna, he's he'll come back from all these teams, yeah. To not end up behind the bench again, yeah. Yeah, we'll see. Um, let's see here. Uh, before, got... before we go on to this, I just wanted yeah, to ahead. address... I don't know if you have this later in the notes, but I just wanted to address this before we go on anymore. Because, uh, you know, I get kind of... I get not kind of fired up. I get really fired up when people show ignorant intolerance with our wonderful game of hockey. And... We have unfortunately seen two really <sighs> terrible examples in the past week. And I, I just wanted to get up on my soapbox real quick and, and address both of these. Because I just can't stand this shit. I can't believe we're still dealing with this shit. I mean, I can because mankind is just horrific and awful. But I, I got a soapbox. I got to get up on it and, and say something. So one of them, I know the one you're going to mention... I thought about whether or not we should put it in the episode. I mean, we can definitely, I, I mean, I'll definitely talk about it. Uh, Keandre Miller. I want to uh, talk about Keandre Miller and I want to yeah. talk about Dustin Penner. Oh, fucking. Yeah. A bunch both of are, people tweeted. Uh, I mean, one at us, but yeah. uh, like both those things. Well, yeah, go ahead. And, then I'll, and they're kind of two different angles. So uh, Rangers prospect Keandre Miller uh, joined a zoom call for fans to do a Q and a, and some, piece of human garbage an absolute just the lowest piece of scum in the world got on there and just decided to spam the zoom comments with you know basically the worst word you can call somebody yeah. and just over and over and over and this also if it's just it's sorry, if go ahead. i was just gonna say if people don't know who conjure miller is uh he was a first round pick for the rangers in 2018 he's also uh he's also a, a young black guy so that right. so then somebody dropped one to zoom and uh I don't they dropped the n-word everywhere yeah i forget what the term it uh what he did like because it was just repetitive over and over he spammed it he spammed, yeah, the, he, he the, spammed the shit out of yeah, it and so, it was just yeah. vile disgusting behavior and it, it's number one who's got the fucking time to do something like this like you know quarantine jokes aside like yeah who the who the fuck thinks this is like oh you know this could be really cool if i did this or i need to do that. why do you need to do this right. why do you have to be such a, a low-life piece of trash that you have to go in and this kid is eager to get in and make a splash in the game and introduce himself to people uh, as a great PR uh, possible moment and everything. But he gets on and he wants to do a and a with everybody. And this guy decides I'm just going to ruin everything by being uh, just the worst possible human being. Yeah. And the thing is, guys, hockey, believe it or not, hockey is not just for white people. It is not just for white people. I know there's a lot of white Canadians in the game. It doesn't mean it's just for white people. Anybody can play hockey. And in fact, everybody should play hockey. It's a great game. We want more people in there. And I am glad we are seeing increasing uh, amounts of uh, diverse players. We're seeing increasingly diverse players in the league every year. And I want to see that continue. And we're seeing uh, increased, you know, uh, like stars of, uh, of diversity, uh, diverse nature. And I want to see that continue. And we can't, we can't suffer this garbage anymore. And I, I can't believe we keep addressing this. Like every year, it feels like there's at least one incident where somebody just uses a word like this. Or uh, think back to the Wayne Simmons banana peel incident, which was just yeah. disgusting. Yeah. 
and we cannot tolerate this shit. I hope that person, I don't know. I hope somebody finds this person and makes this guy's life miserable, makes it miserable. I hope all his credit cards get hacked. I hope he doesn't have a dime to his name and he's just miserable. Yeah. I mean, it is a, it's a, obviously it's a fucking terrible thing. And I, I was trying to read out more on it. It sounds like Zoom's just having issues with that overall. Apparently, there are some chats where people are going to just drop in and spam like that nonstop, and they don't really have a way of stopping it. So in a way, I guess, and people have been using it all the time now, so I'm sure it's happened with other situations. But this, yeah, I mean, this is, this is fucked up. And hopefully it was, hopefully it was just a fucking idiot that was just trying to spam whoever and it wasn't ill-advised. It, it must have been named that Keandre Miller, though. Like, I don't know if it was just somebody who was looking for the vulgarity of the reaction, just trying to find anybody to use that in the chat space, or if it was just used specifically for Keandre Miller. I guess it doesn't really fucking matter either way. Like, it's I just a disgusting thing to say. And, given, uh, given hockey and its reputation as, like, a, a pretty white sport... You think it's and- fair? I think I think it was intentional. I think it was yeah. I I'm but not yeah. saying well, I'm not trying is, to defend too yeah, many to too many black players come into the league and have to deal with this shit. I think every black yeah. player has had to deal with something. And we talked about Bill Peters a little bit ago, and you know, yeah. Like, yeah, and this is also the aspect of somebody being able to do it behind a a keyboard and screen and not have any ramifications of you know, nobody. He would never fucking say this anywhere near Keandre Miller or throw this Keandre Miller's way if there was any possibility they could find out who he was or who they are. Um, yeah, they should be able to track him down. There's got to be a way you can figure it out. Um, but, I mean, it's just a... I don't know. It just sucks and there's really... I mean, I hope none of our listeners... None of our listeners would think like that, I think. Um, I don't want them as the listeners if they think that way. Yeah, and so, like, that's why... Both the things you brought up, they're both like they're just shitty things, and I think most yeah, people and, that see them like know that they're just the fucking wrong thing. Like the Keandre, so like we didn't even talk about the Penner thing. The Penner one is disgusting, and I know I, our friend of the show, Sean, right? Sean Moore tweeted it at us, I think. So I'll like, Sean, I'll look it up real quick. Yeah. So like, and like I saw it and I read it. I was out doing Instacart that day, and I looked at it real quick, and I was just like, all right, well, like again, he's a fucking idiot, and everything he said was incorrect amateur and just close-minded but also we're talking about a fucking fat retired hockey player that also threw out his back eating pancakes like the guy's a fucking loser so we don't really need to hear his homophobic homophobic like opinions anymore yeah so, so basically he came out place, and but, like now we don't need to he came out and he was talking he was comparing justin trudeau's foundation symbol to the fbi's pedo symbol legend and you know, of course, oh, you know, somebody was like yeah. homophobic, and he's like, "Go blow, him, go blow him," and I think Justin's gay and believe you like like him, so I put two and two together. Ugh, it's just like, what a okay, Dustin Penner also fucking sucks, and <laughs> yeah, like yeah, I mean that's why, like again, you stop being a piece of shit, sir. While we're yeah. talking about people being pieces of shit, he's a public piece of shit here. And I, like, why do you think this is okay? Why do you think this is something that you should be putting out there? And ah, Jesus Christ, what is what yeah. the fuck is wrong with people, Craig? I don't. I mean, I don't. I don't know what to say about. I don't know what to say about Dustin Penner. It's he's seen the beginning a lot of pushback too, from what I saw that day. And I mean, obviously you should because those are. I 
dude, someone, I don't know. There, there are just some athletes on Twitter where you're just like, whenever you see them trending or see a link to them, you know it's not going to be for a fucking... Like, Dustin Penner's like the NHL's fucking Aubrey Huff. Like, whenever you see Aubrey Huff trending on Twitter, you're like, okay, I don't need to see what he said. <laughs> you're like, I know it's just not going to be a good day on Twitter. And what what Dustin said the other day was fucking atrocious and uh, idiotic. And, you know, again... I, I, I guess I didn't put it on the outline just because what else are we going to say besides he's a fucking moron? And there's not really, like, there's no discussion to be had. Don't. I think I wanted to, A. Bring light to br- it. Bring light, light to it. Bring, you know, bring people's attention to it. That, All right, that's fair. That this yeah. shit is out there. And uh, anytime I can call somebody like this a fucking idiot, a low-life piece of <laughs> yeah, scum, can... I will it... do it. And I will come out here and do it. And I love to do it. I don't love that I have to do it, but I will do it all day. Yeah, all right, that's I can get behind that. Yeah, so the asshole that called out Keandre Miller and uh, also Dustin Penner's stance on a, yeah, on a, on being a being a homophobe are both. Yeah, I can get behind both those things. Both the, literal pieces of shit that should be tossed in the sun. So yeah, that's where we're at. All right. Yeah. No, I agree with that. And. uh I mean, not thankfully, but those were the, like the two worst things I saw this week. Hopefully, we're not getting forgetting anything else major. But uh, yeah, the Dustin, God, Jesus Christ, man, Dustin. But I can't even remember when. I don't. I don't remember his career now. I don't remember when the last time he played was. It's been a minute. But yeah, it, it doesn't, doesn't matter. He heard about eating pancakes, and he's a homophobe. So yeah, it's a real voice. Oh, fuck face. off. <laughs> Uh, let's get into, I mean, do we want to go to fake games now? Yeah, let's go to fake games. Let's do the, uh, the let's, I, let's go to fake games and then the game. And then we got a little surprise for people. A little surprise and, for people. Yeah. All right. So the fake game, the flyers only had, uh, the fake flyers and my Xbox only had one fake game left. Uh, came into the regular season finale, uh, five, five and two during the fake simulation phase, uh, on a six game point streak. And then, Won the regular season finale uh, two to one in overtime over the Sabers in Buffalo. Led in shots twenty one to nineteen. Sandheim had the OP winner. Hayes had the other goal. Carter Hart stands on his fucking head again. Never doubt this guy during this franchise thing. Eighteen and nineteen, nine forty seven save percentage. Carter Hutton, nineteen and twenty one, nine oh five save percentage. Uh, finished on a six five and two run and seven game point streak. Put them at 47, 26, and 9 for 103 points on the season. Oh, Last wow. time they broke 100 points was in 2011 12 when they ironically had 103 points and were also 47, 26, and 9. Uh, they also had 206, or they had 106 points in 2010 11 as well. And the third and only other time they've broken 100 points since the lost season was when they had 101 points in 2005, 2006. So I think that's one of the. You know, we're looking at 15 seasons since the lockout now. This would have been the fourth time the Flyers could have possibly broken 100 points this season if the season had continued. So I guess that's one one thing, the one downside to uh, the coronavirus lockout and also the, you know, no postseason hockey. But uh, big picture on all that. And then, uh, now, Steve, do you want to do the game or do you want to do our surprise update? Let's do the game first. You want to do the game first? Okay. So I just have five random uh, trivia questions for you. Three of them based on a couple of things we talked about, and then two, uh, who had more, which I know uh, I think you're a big fan of those. So first question, as I said earlier on this podcast, Peter Laviolette went to three Stanley Cups, 2006, 2010, and 2017. 
Can you name the six starting goalies in those three cups? And if you can't remember the teams, I will tell you the teams. The six starting goalies for the Laviolette teams or the both no, teams? The, for both teams. So okay. his starting goalie and then the starting goalie of the other team. Gotcha. And gotcha. you should so, be able to get all of them. Cam Ward. Cam Ward. The Oilers one is a tough one for Come me. Come back to that one. You'll, you, if you think about it, you can get it. I, I might... I might be blanking on that one, but I'll come back to it. Uh, Michael Layton. Michael Layton. Michael Layton. Anthony Niemi. Anthony Niemi. 2017. It was... Sorry, I'm just putting everything together. I got you. You're typing in the Google who are the goalies in the 2017. Shut up. I don't do that. I know you don't. I could easily do that. Pekka Rene. Pekka Rene. Uh-huh. And then who did the Preds play? No, 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 no. I, 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 let me let me think. Let me think. Let me think. I know they play. I'm just trying to remember his goddamn name and I, I know who it is. It's just like it's one of those things that's on the tip of my tongue and I'm like, I know who this is and it's driving me insane that I can't remember his name. We do have four of the six though. So now you're looking at a uh, two non-coached or uh two non yeah, two non-Peter Lobby like goalies here. I need the the pens and the the Oilers. 2017 Pens, 20 or 2006 Oilers. Uh, Oilers oh, goal. Oh, okay. I remember that asshole's name. It's Matt Murray. Matt Murray. And then the Oilers one. Do you want me to give you a couple other clues? What? No, I don't want a clue. But I'm I'm probably gonna fl- I'm probably gonna flunk that one because he. So first, he did not play a lot of the 2006 Cup final. Um, it was their backup goalie. Oh my god, I forget his fucking name now. It wasn't, it wasn't Habby Bullen, was it? No, but kind of in the same light. <laughs> I when I think of Habby Bullen, I don't think this guy is too far behind in terms of random goalies from yesteryear. Uh, was also also the Lightning's goalie when they made a run in 2011, where they lost in seven games to the Bruins. Um, Nathan Horton won game seven for the Bruins, won the nothing with like eight minutes left. And this guy was a net for the lightning and helped them kind of get to that point in time. They traded for him that season too, I believe. No, I don't remember that lightning team at all. Yeah, that's, that's fine. That's not helping me. Though. Uh, Simone Gagne's Tampa Bay lightning. You don't remember that at all? <laughs> I forgot that happened. Try, yeah, yeah. We don't have to talk about that. Matt, Matt Walker's not a real player either. So, uh, <laughs> you, uh, man, I'm trying to think of another. Yeah, I can't really help here. No, that's okay. I'm probably uh, was it Kadobin? You're gonna hate it. No, no, no. Kadobin wasn't around yet. I didn't think so. Uh, do you want me to throw it out there? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I don't, I'm not gonna remember it. Dwayne Rollison. Oh no, I wasn't gonna remember that. Fuck that guy. Yeah, he played in the first game, uh, and I think he got hurt. And then UC Markinen, I think, was their backup. UC Markman, and then also I think Ty Conklin made an appearance in that Stanley Cup. It was a it was a real Flyers esque. Uh, it was a real Laviolette, you know, coached uh, situation there. Just I feel justified in not remembering. Wayne Rollison was the only one I thought you may forget. So the other, I mean, you nailed the other five pretty quickly. So all right, so uh, Matt Murray was the hardest one for me to remember. <laughs> I mean, that was a that was a weird postseason because Flurry won half the games and then. Murray came back and won the second half. So, 
Uh, and then this one's going to be fun. Uh, so we talked about Craig Anderson and the 2008-2009 Panthers. Uh, Steve, outside of Craig Anderson, can you name two other players from that Panthers team? Oh, gross. <laughs> now, there are some names on there, and I, uh, I, I just mentioned one of them. Uh, another one is a defenseman that's been talked about a lot the last year and a half. Pretty old. May have played his last game in the NHL this season. Uh, we mentioned one of the guys, another defenseman we mentioned on a recent episode of Fuck. Uh, if you think hard enough, you should know the backup goalie for the Panthers from like 2009. Uh, there was also a long tenured Panther that was uh, Florida Shane Doan for a while. Tim Thomas? No, wait, no. He wasn't Tim Thomas there. was not there. No. He wasn't no. there yet. Yeah, no. Tim Thomas, that was uh, 2013. That's right. Uh, because that's when he was a Bruin, and that's what we were just talking about earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, God, I... that You want to talk about a black hole of knowledge. <laughs> I don't remember shit from the 2009 Panthers. Uh, Niedermeyer wasn't still there, was he? No. Uh, <laughs> do you remember who Mike Richards almost killed on the ice back in 2009? Fuck. Oh, God. I, I I I can't remember. I used to remember this name like that. So that's and... one of them. Uh, I just mentioned this guy who has bounced around a lot. I think. I don't think he was on any team's uh, salary caps this season, but his contract was one of those of uh, David Clarkson that kind of just got traded around and around until it dissolved. Um, and he was a former Panther and a former Bruin. Former Blue Jacket as well. Paris wasn't or, on that team, was he? Uh, he may have been, actually. I did not... Let's look that up. I didn't put him on the list just because he... I put a bunch of the, the leading point scorers on that list, but he may have been. Well, he was on the Panthers for a while. Or he was there for a bit. I don't know why. I can't remember shit about that team. All right, let me look up when... Uh, the hell was on the Panthers? 20, he was on the Panthers in 2013. Well, there was my one guess. You, I'm uh, sure there's going to be a bunch of guys that I know. And uh, uh, defenseman that just won the Stanley Cup last year is probably going to retire due to the cardiac event he suffered this year. So defenseman on the Blues. Right, right. Um, uh, uh, he is on Easter. Jay Bowmeister. I was going to say, he was also the player that I used to trade for in the Panthers back in NHL 04 because he used to be like a 96 speed, and I would just cheat. Uh, they, are you not going to remember the guy that almost got killed by Mike Richards on an open ice hit? I'm not. I'm not. David Booth. He got uh, yeah, okay. that's a call again, David Booth, when that happens to you. Um, the long-tenured, uh, like the Panthers equivalent to Shane Doan was uh, Stephen Weiss. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, you he that came guy? up as, like, a flyer, like, rumored guy to get traded to the Flyers. Because he was, like, yeah. It was like like getting Derek Grant, except more expensive. He was, because he was, like, the only guy in Florida forever. Like, the people would just, he would get, it was the same, it was literally the same thing that happened to Shane Doan. The Coyotes sucked forever, but Shane Doan dedicated his career to the Coyotes. So they were like, all right, we got to write some articles about it's this like, guy. I love this dry air. <laughs> uh, Corey Stillman. Nathan Horton was the other guy I was trying to get oh, to get. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Michael Froelich, uh, Brian McCabe, Radic Dvorak, Keith Ballard. I don't, I don't feel bad about not remembering most of this team. 
Oh, no, it's a very forgettable team. Richard Zednick, uh, which is, uh, he became a somewhat unfortunate, noteworthy Panther because of his uh, neck injury. Gregory Campbell, always forget he was a Panther. Billy Pelton, always forget uh, about Billy Pelton. Nick Boyden was another, uh, was a former flyer I was trying to get you to get, saying we mentioned him on fuck a couple weeks ago. Oh, man. Backup goalie, you ready? I'm Thomas Vokun. I think you're going to have that one. You're going to uh, have Vokun and Bowmaster. Yeah. This is a tough My one. brain can only contain so much like old hockey players. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I know. Yeah. And this was, of course, a random shitty team from 11 years ago. So you know, maybe uh, I don't know. Just watch a couple of hockey games. See what you can get there, Steve. All right. Over oh, two. Oh. Going on the question three. <laughs> uh, speaking of Tim Thomas, won the cup in 2011. Started for the Bruins during the 2011-12 season. Then took a break from hockey during the short uh, lockout shortened season. Let his contract run out and join the Panthers on a PDO in September of 2013 for the 2013-14 season, which I believe was his final season in the NHL. Apparently, while, I remember the 2013 Panthers better than the 2013. <laughs> while he while he sat out during the lockout shortened season, what team was his contract traded to? Never played a game for this team. Okay, and it was also this team also. Claimed another noteworthy goalie off waivers when he was coming back from the KHL. It's the same team that claimed Evgeny Nabokov off waivers. I believe that's the way it worked. Yeah. Because the Sharks had a deal in place to trade him to the Red Wings and then they had to put him on waivers. It was a. Put him on waivers so his contract could clear and they could trade him. And this team nabbed him off waivers before he ever got to the Red Wings and ended up playing a bunch of seasons for that team uh, in the Flyers division. <laughs> uh, and uh, I think that's pretty much all I can give you. Hmm. They and was, it, was it the Blue Jackets? It was not the Blue Jackets. Okay. Uh... In the Flyers' current division, or in the Flyers' current division, uh, and if they, yeah, I don't want to give you. That. If I is the Islanders, it is the Islanders. Okay, okay. Trades to the Islanders for a conditional second. Obviously, that conditional situation never occurred, so uh, it was a nothing trade. But, but yeah, contract got traded to the Islanders. Never played for the Islanders. Contract ran out, then signed a deal with the Panthers. So, uh, going on to the uh, who had more? Uh, Steven, question number four. Who had more shutouts with the Flyers? I actually just had a quick thing I wanted to bring up. Though. Oh, God, yeah, yeah. I just remember when he... I remember Tim Thomas going to the Panthers vividly because do you remember on The Office when, when Stanley goes to Florida and he's Florida Stanley? Yep. <laughs> I had done, I did a Photoshop back then of Tim Thomas as Florida Stanley, and he was Florida Timmy. <laughs> did I say Messina? That is the one line I think I think of with, uh, with uh, Florida Stanley. That's a pretty good Florida, Photoshop. Florida Stanley is the the only good thing from later season. Office. <laughs> he, is, he is. Yeah. He's yeah. a player. He's a he gets stuff done down there. So. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Oh, okay. Question number four, real quick. Uh, who had more shutouts? Oh, by the way, The Office is on Netflix. I forgot to mention uh, with all the information before. Wanted to give a shout-out to uh, Butt, Al, from the website. Uh, he gave me his Netflix login info. So I haven't used it because I still want to give Colin Netflix a shot, but I do have a fallback now in case 
Netflix doesn't know what's going on with my account. So a shout well, out thank to you, but yeah, shout out to Al there. So Al uh, also uh, responsible for the uh, the outro song, the fly purpley song, the fly purpley, fly purpley. We so, could call it the outro song. Oh, we could call it that. We could call it. We shouldn't. I don't want to. Let's not do it. <laughs> but you know, if you ever think of Craig, but not Craig Baruby in the middle of the day, like I sometimes do, that's that's Al's fault. It's all Al's fault. Steve, but not Steve Hart. No, <laughs> that's I still enjoy that one more. Uh, who had more shutouts with the Flyers, uh, Brian Boucher or Steve Mason? Brian Boucher played 174 games for the Flyers, and Steve Mason played 231. So really, not not a crazy difference in games played. Maybe like a right. season half's worth. But who do you think had more for the Flyers specifically? For the Flyers, so forget about that shutout streak, uh, Brian right? Boucher. Right, because that—that's the thing for people. Yeah, well, this is that Brian Boucher had a crazy shutout streak with the Phoenix Coyotes, right? Yeah, I believe he set the Arizona Coyotes, Phoenix Coyotes at the time. Phoenix at the time, uh, and I and I believe he set the shutout streak record, and it was two thousand five oh six, I think. I think that was the year, but that was that. Hmm. So uh, here we got Steve Mason, infamous. Uh, Goofy cider, what the hell do they call it? Silly cider. Uh, letting a puck from uh, center ice. Moved around a lot. Horrible body language. Had like a 925 save percentage one season, which was hilarious. I don't know. What, what are you thinking? Brian Boucher. I mean, Steve Mason seems like the obvious answer, so I'm going to go with the not obvious answer in Brian Boucher. All right, so it was Steve Mason. Mason had 14 and 231 games played. He's fifth that, that, of our that, ma- that makes more sense. That makes yeah. more sense, yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, Steve Mason, by the way, well, he, he, also the fact of the matter is I never particularly cared for Steve Mason just due to the fact that when he made a dramatic glove save, it was right-handed robbery instead of left-handed larceny, and that's just no good. Can't get, yeah, you can't get behind that. Left-handed larceny. It doesn't, it doesn't feel Way better than right-handed robbery. It's yeah. Just, it's no good. It's like... It's like the, the right aid version. At least, at least he can control that. You know, that was something he could have changed uh, in his playing style. So just catch the puck left handed weirdo, and not been an evil lefty like. Uh, yeah, they just taught him better in school and gotten the devil out of his hands. Yes, thank you. That's what I've been. That's what I said his whole career. So my uh, assessment is correct as always. <laughs> uh, Boucher had eight shots in 174 games played. Uh, Flyers all time ranks. Bernie Prompt first with 50. Roman Monic with 20. Monic is always way up there in those Flyers goalie categories, and it blows my mind. Same, yeah. Great uh, regular Hex- season goalie. Yeah, and this is this is all regular season, so I guess that's where he shines. Uh, Hextall third with 18. Doug Favelle fourth with 16. Uh, last the, one. The thing about Monic is when he blew up and lost his shit, it was bad. Yeah, it was bad. That was real bad. There was no middle ground with that guy. <laughs> no, not at all. Uh, who had more three-point games as a flyer? Claude Drew or Simone Gagne? By the way, Claude mm. Drew apparently in this question is, is done as a flyer. He's not playing any more games. <laughs> but uh, which yeah, which one he got? Drew, 889 games with the flyers since 2007-08 and counting. Gagne, uh, 691 games from 1999 2000 to 2009, 2010, and then also for a short stint in 2013. God damn it. I The problem with these questions, I feel like you're trying to trick me on all of them. You know what? 
don't think I'm trying to trick you for this one. This is really more about the discrepancy. I I would think it's Claude Giroux just based on the number of more games yeah. played. So it is Drew, and he has played almost 200 more games. However, he's got 56 three-point games, and Gagne has 28. So he's got twice as many three-point games with uh, about a quarter more games played. So 56 is pretty good. 56 is yeah. good for sixth in Flyers history. Uh, Gagne's 12th is tied with Markel for... Um, yeah, with tied with Markel for 12th. Uh, and then Giroux... Gagne had... Gagne was, I think, everybody loved Gagne. Definitely yeah. a rock-solid flyer. And I, I think everybody, like a fan favorite of everybody at the time. But he's one of those guys who, he had a couple really, really good seasons, but not a ton of, like, like, Jeru's had at least, like, three, like, kick-ass, like, one of the best in the league seasons. And yeah. I think Gagne only had, like, one or two, like, top. I, yeah. I don't even I think... know if he ever had a top-of-the-league season. I don't know if he did either, but also going off that point, Giroux has been the guy in Philly for a while. I don't know if Gane ever had a season where he was the guy in Philly. There always were at least a couple other handful of players that you would put as as important as Gane or like more important in terms of like a forward. So Giroux's oh, had a bunch yeah. of seasons where he's the guy. Prim- you had Primo, you had uh did Gane come in at the tail end of like Lindros Leclerc? Yeah, I don't. I'm gonna look it up. Taylor and Leclerc, yeah, Taylor and Leclerc. I'm trying to think of uh, Gagne's first year was 99.00. So was Lindros's, yeah. Yeah. So, so he, like, so he had Lindros, Leclerc. He had Primo. He had Forsberg. He was always yeah. overshadowed by somebody, but and and Richardson Carter later in his career too. <laughs> yep, yep. Like he was always, he was always like the second to fourth most important forward in Claude Drew. Up until this year, it was he was. Number one for eh, maybe beginning last year too. Uh, he's kind of moving into like the second or third, fourth most important forward. But there was a while there, definitely during the lean years, where he was the guy. So he was getting all the ice time and top power play unit and everything. So Gagne's best season was Gagne's best season was oh five oh six, where he had forty seven goals, thirty two assists, good for seventy nine points. Yeah, that was the twenty one twelve line, right, with uh, Knubel and uh, Forsberg too. Yeah. So that uh, that explains that. So that was uh, that was some trivia for you, Steve. That was some good uh, some good cues, some relative cues. I thought I thought they were uh, good for the people. You want to get into the uh, the will we the surprise we got for the people now? Yeah, or, I hope. Yeah. Okay. So as you guys know, uh, the batch update. Uh, you like that, and uh, it's not on anymore. And they canceled the bachelorette production for uh, that should have been coming out in May. Although I think so, I did see uh, something where it's like a bachelor singing or something, like love song or some shit. I don't. Okay, know. so we'll I get saw a Hulu that. commercial for this because God forbid I pay the extra six dollars <laughs> for ad free Hulu. Just uh, not, yeah. It was just something that was like, oh, this looks terrible. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, it sounds bad, so I can't imagine it would be. Not bad. It's out. I mean, anything bachelor related is pretty bad, which is why we don't watch it. And uh, we have Ian do the dirty work. And speaking of doing the dirty work, since there's no bachelor to watch, and I can't get on Netflix at the moment, uh, I we had Ian go and watch Love Is Blind. Which, if you haven't seen Love Is Blind, Ian also provided a uh, a synopsis of the show here in his first bullet, but uh, doesn't look good, and it seems popular. So it seems like a good show to fill in the void for not having the bachelor. And, uh, I mean, let's get into it. And, again, remember, 
exact words from Ian because he opens real strong here. So I just want you guys to know this is all Ian's Ian's uh, language here. So you see the uh, yeah okay. We're too good to watch these shows. So we're <laughs> yeah, we I you know I'm kind of busy right now. So uh, first one up quote. What's up, fuck faces? I watched Love Is Blind, and I'm going, and I'm giving you an update. So again, that's yeah. After meeting Nick and Vanessa Lachey, I guess Nick got married. About ten women and ten men live separate, separately and go on a series of dates in quote unquote pots. Wasn't the, Nick Lachey in one of those shitty boy bands from the '98 degrees? Steve, don't act like you don't know. He also was married degrees? to. Yeah, he was also married to uh, Jessica Simpson. That's I'm pretty sure that's the main reason why everybody knows him. I don't know when they got divorced, but that's I I didn't even I forgot about him. So it's good to see he's getting work somewhere because um, <laughs> he probably needs some money. Uh, the plan is they'll date everyone by going from pod to pod and talking, and soon they'll fall in love with, love with someone, get engaged, meet their fiance in person, and they get married all in 37 days. On the initial dates, they can hear one another, but they can't see one another. Yes, I know. This is the premise of the show. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> so that's the end coming in real hot about what Love is Blind, uh, what it's all about. Second update is, uh, quote, Mark is 10 years younger than Jessica, but they bond over being Cubs fans and liking sandwiches. Problem is... Ian, you don't need to be so upset because, like, the premise <laughs> of the show is so dumb that you need. we do need to recap it. Yeah, you don't need to... <laughs> it, it, like, we, I'm sorry for making you watch this, but the people <laughs> demand it. But And I thank you for your service. Yeah, thank you for your service. But we do need to describe the premise because it is an insane and stupid stupid premise oh it's bananas yeah it's the dumbest it's one of the dumbest shows i've ever heard of in my life so i'm happy that it cleared it up also i, w- I do want to continue this uh this bond over cubs fan being cubs fans and sandwiches so uh wait where were we oh yeah okay so mark yeah. is 10 years younger than yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, but they <laughs> bond over being cubs fans and liking sandwiches which i mean that just sounds like two people from chicago right yeah the problem i mean is... there is a way to a relationship they need one more thing so about uh, Pomani's. What's that restaurant out there that they're all like? Uh, Permani Brothers in uh, wait in Pittsburgh with the no, 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 no. fried the, coleslaw uh, sandwiches. Oh my god! No, no, no. Oh, you're talking in Chicago. Oh my god! I know the fucking. I went there and I, Portellos. That's what it is. Portellos. Yeah. Yeah, that's what it is. Uh, uh, so, okay. so the problem is Jessica's also into this dude Barnett. Which is that the first name? I I don't know. <laughs> Who knows? Who is in right. turn interested in three women? Jessica. LC and Amber. Usually, well, usually the initials are a good sign. That usually means they can't decide what their name is. So we're in that. That'll be something to watch going for it uh, forward. But anyway, Jessica decides to let Mark down and then talks to Barnett, Fred Barnett, obviously former Eagles receiver. Arkansas Fred, yeah. Fred Barnett, who decides that he doesn't see a future with Jessica. So Jessica goes back to Mark, calls him Babe a bunch, and then. They get engaged. Uh, excuse me? <laughs> the, the Typical, you know, we've all read that bedtime story before. We've all seen that. Fred Barnett, as his name suggests, looks like a frat dude who'd grill brats over a burning trash can right after a mean sesh of hacky sack. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wonderful. He plays... Okay. Ukulele. Ukulele. No, no, I knew how to pronounce it. I just... It's a... Yeah. It, yeah. I mean, it, that should have been... Choice. Yeah, it does. Although it does paint a picture of what Ian just said about 
grilling brats over a trash can and then playing hacky sack. It feels like a guy that would play ukulele. So. But he doesn't know what it's called. He just calls it Tiny Guitar. Hey, babe, yeah, I'm just going to play some music. I know Tiny Guitar. <laughs> I know Hawaiian tiny, tiny Guitar. You want to hear Enter Sandman on ukulele? All right, here it is. Uh, no bueno. He gets engaged to Amber, who apparently knows how to drive a tank. So that's a, that's a there's a lot to take in there. Um, that's a fucking dumpster fire of a paragraph right there. Yeah, calls him babe, babe a bunch, and then gets engaged. Is there any word that if uh, like if Emily started calling you hun a lot, do you think it would just be like, all right, I gotta I gotta get this girl engaged. I gotta I gotta lock her down. Any word? I feel like babe should not be enough to get you engaged. No. <laughs> I don't think any. <laughs> just only if she called me hun in her best like old South Philly voice, or it's like, hun. Yeah, I was gonna say hun. Hey, is hun. A, hun is a big word for the uh, the Baltimore accent too. Although I cannot do a Baltimore accent. We need. I to mean, get they're pretty. Hun, they're pretty similar. On. Yeah, they are. They are kind of. They are kind of similar. Just yeah. listen to Kathy Bates on the Freak Show season of American Horror Story, and you'll know the Baltimore <laughs> accent. I think of two. Um, oh my God! I think it was Modern Family, where they had uh, Julie Bowen like do ads for Overstock.com, or it may have been Thirty Rock. Like somebody did commercials for Overstock, but their Baltimore accent came through too much. It was like Overstock. Overstock. <laughs> that's pretty like if you yeah, that's exactly how everybody says it. Uh next blurb. After four days, Cameron and Lauren say, quote, I love you to each other. Seems a little quick. Lauren says she's had meals in her fridge that have lasted longer than that. Oh. But the next day they get engaged. Uh, Ken- All right. Uh Kenny and Kelly talk about shoes and shit and eventually get engaged. Oh my god. <laughs> A matter of days, they're feeding shellfish to each other on the shores of Mexico. I out mean, of, does it get any better than that? Out of all the couples, these two seem pretty normal. Diamond and Carlton get engaged, too. I, first of all, Diamond. I wanted to know more. Ian, yeah, we needed more about Diamond and Carlton. These two alone, based off name. I mean, we need to know their life stories. So I don't know how you get try to those names. Kenny and Kelly. Yeah, I mean, boring names. Forever. Seem normal. Cameron and Lauren, man, I love you in the first week, engaged in the first week. That's uh, it's, uh, moving, along, moving it along, uh, moving along there. Moving some along people pretty go quick. first week, some people wait six to seven years. Yeah, they are not these people. <laughs> these, they are people realizing they're on Netflix and they, uh, they get a chip chop and get to it. So, uh, maybe, Cameron maybe Lauren, go with the happy best. medium of three to four. Yes, yeah, so split the difference is ideally what you want, not, uh, you know. Not within the month. I don't know how you got to be that quickly, but last one. Damien asks Gigi what her full name is, and then proposes to her presenting himself as a gift, wearing a bow to boot, even though she can't she can't see said bow. Uh, Gigi stops him and then gets down on one knee to propose to him because she wants to subvert some gender stereotypes. It's a good show. This is a it's a pretty good show we got going on here. So everybody's getting show. engaged. Yeah, we're only halfway through. Apparently. Another one of these puppies for next week. Uh, it sounds like a lot of new people met, uh, overlooking a lot of flaws to just get fucked. You just gotta get hitched. That's all it is. They're just they're trying to get lock it up, uh, get married, and uh, go on about it. So good for these people. Uh, who cares if they're the right person or not? Just speed up the process. You know. I mean, this whole getting engaged and married aspect is 
uh, uh, the super bonkers part to me. <laughs> That's what it, not the not the timeline. The yeah. pods are fine if they were just going out on dates or something or whatever. It's like the no, no, no. You need to get engaged and married based off yeah. of you got to figure out this having conversations right. in these stupid pods. Are they good enough for the rest of your life, or are you done with them? No in between. You got to figure it out. Yeah. So I uh, also got to see. Uh, I want to see what Nick Lachey's hosting skills are. You know, if he's a good host or not. Wasn't a great singer. Uh, wasn't good in pop culture in general. I want to see if he can actually host a show. So Nick Lachey, uh, see what the rest of Ninety Eight Degrees are doing, or NSYNC and Backstreet Boys and all those fucking bands from like the late nineties. Just take uh, all the guys that aren't Justin Timberlake, make one super group out of them. Why not have a bachelorette season with everybody else from those boy bands except for Justin Timberlake? Craig, why are you not producing television here? I don't know. You tell me. That's a perfect me, idea. That's a perfect you idea. Tell Minus, me. you know, like, you know, the guys that. The eventual Nick Lachey, Joey Fatone fight that would happen. Yeah, I know. But we'll. Yeah, I know, right? Well, well, that's, well, that's the ratings gold right there. Yeah, that is. And we'll get it. We'll get it. AKA Joey Fat One. I don't know if he was actually uh, fat, but that's what the, the nickname was. So, yeah. But, uh, yeah, so that would be my, uh, that's, uh, that's my idea. Don't steal it. It's on record now. What was so, the famous 98 Degree song? Uh, Back in Black, I think was their big one, right? Oh, okay, yeah. It's, uh, Stairway to Heaven? I think they had Stairway to Heaven, too. Uh, actually, yeah. legit don't know. I don't. I, I remember them. Brown Sugar. <laughs> yeah, Give Me Shelter. Well, they were really top of charts that one. I just remember him being in 98 Degrees because he started going out with Jessica Simpson. That was a uh, that was when I was in middle school and I watched MTV in middle school and they were fucking obsessed with that. So and I think Jessica Simpson had her own show. If I remember correctly. So there was that. That that's uh, yep. Yeah, that was old MTV. If you guys, we already went on our old MTV rant last week, didn't we? <laughs> this we fucking did. quarantine is we too. We talked about yeah. the box. That's right, the box. Yeah. Which you you didn't know even what that was. So I did not. I'm too young. Out. You're missing yeah. out on some. Some cash money millionaires videos. <laughs> <laughs> and all that ass oh, Yeah. I didn't miss I now I didn't miss out on the videos. I just missed out on calling into my TV and getting them on. <laughs> you missed out hey, on paying money to have them play. Yeah, I was gonna say I remember I remember the juvenile videos and the genuine and fucking young buck, all those guys. Kids, yeah, I'm you cherish you cherish being able to view whatever the hell you want on YouTube. Because yeah, you really don't understand it. That was that's a struggle just, I really don't think about a lot and appreciate. But just man, not being able to listen to music you really wanted to. Go rewatch some Total Request Live from MTV. Oh man, and you will PRL know the struggle of watching Carson Daly somehow climb to the top of some kind of pop culture. Th- like, why was he on everything? How did he keep know. getting work? He was the I most was boring just, guy out there. I think that was it. I think he was just that inoffensive. Just basic. You could just plug him in there wherever you need. He was the, the Chris Vandevelde of... Yeah. yeah, I was going to say, he was the right boring white guy at the right spot at the right time. So good for him, I guess. It, hitting it, hitting the eye where it's hot. So let's go. You want to do around the league and then get the fuck out of here? Let's I, get I, out I, of got, here. I got stuff to do, yeah. All right. Let's go. You've got to play NHL. That's all you gotta I do. don't know. I know. Oh, you gotta play Call of Duty. Duty. I'm sorry. Thank yeah. you. So you and Kevin Maple Hayes. Leafs. <laughs> Maple Leafs. I go play with them. Yeah. Uh, Maple Leafs signed a 25 year old winger Alexander Barabanov. We talked about him last week to a ELC. Uh, one year, 925k. 20 points in 43 games last year in the KHL with SKA St. Petersburg. Uh, Laurent Defon 
uh, staying with the Canadians for one year, 700K. He had 31 points in 58 AHL games between the Milwaukee Admirals and the Laval Rocket this season. Uh, the Predators and the um, the Canadians AHL teams. Uh, serious note, Edmonton Oilers forward Colby Cave is in a medically induced coma after completing a surgery to stop a brain bleed. And if I'm understanding this chain of events correctly, and I'm probably not, because I'm an idiot. Um, I believe the surgery happened to stop the brain bleed, and he got the brain bleed originally because on Tuesday he successfully had a colloid cyst removed that was causing pressure on his brain. After he had the cyst removed, I believe that's when the bleeding started, and then they had to put him into the coma to help stop the bleeding, and apparently he is still in the medically induced coma, and there have been no updates today, so... Sounds like a pretty dire situation, and obviously we're hoping he pulls out, but um, hopefully we have an update next week, and it's a good update. But that's um, it's one serious note from around the league this week. And then, yeah, that's, uh, that's terrible. Hopefully everything yeah, works out okay. It's a, yeah, just some insane stuff around the league this year with that type of like life and death. But anyway, uh, and then on a positive note, though, to, to end around the short around the league, uh, Florence Schelling, a former uh, – Women's goalie, pretty good goalie too, has been named the GM of SC Bern in Switzerland's NLA, the the, the top tier league over in Switzerland, the men's hockey league. So, um, first female hired to uh, GM at a high ranking uh, men's league in a high ranking men's league, and uh, SC Bern is not it's not a nothing club. It's a pretty globe, a well recognized uh, team around the globe. Uh, and this year on their roster, they had Mark Arcabello, Andrew Ebbett, Simone Moser, and John Jan Mir- Mirzak, uh, who are former NHLers and people that are listening may know those names. Um, and also, they're a team that back during the most recent lockout of 2013, uh, John Tavares, Mark, Mark Streit, and Roman Yossi played for him as well. So they, they get a lot of former NHLers. They're pretty good in the NLA. And now she is going to be in charge of calling the shots there, and that's, that's a huge. Awesome. Uh, yeah, that's a. I'm excited to see how that how that works out over there. So it's exciting. I mean, it should hopefully NHL is a little bit behind on some of the stuff. She had uh, Katie Sowers, I believe is her name, with the 49ers. Um, I forget the Spurs assistant coach that was uh, that's been there for a while. I think it's Becky Lynch. I don't know. I don't know who that is. Uh, but that's the name I'm throwing out there. I think. That might be a wrestler. Anyway, but the point is, NHL doesn't have too many um, female hires like this, so hopefully uh, Shelling can kill it, and then more will be uh, pushing the GM or coaching roles. Yeah. So there you Talk go. about that the diversity the in the game earlier, and this is just a, another part of that, so let's definitely keep making strides in this area. And yeah. That's great news, and, and hopefully we can uh, make further steps in the game of hockey and grow in the game of hockey in that respect. I do want to say I think the coach's name is Becky... Hammond. We'll find this out. I'll look this up while you're doing around the league. Or the the um the, the outro. Yeah, the outro. Yeah, yeah and I'll, uh... I'll take us out. You figure it out. You figure your shit out. Get your shit together. <laughs> this guy, Craig Forsyth, is on your podcast. He can't even he can't even break down basic facts about <laughs> women in sports. Oh god. Get oh, Be- what what would your parents say, Craig? There you go. Becky Hammond. I got it. I got it. Becky Hammond. Not Hammond, Hammond. Uh, she Miami is uh are gonna kill me for that John Taffer impression. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm good now. All right. 
All right, we're out. This was an extra long quarantine pod from us, but not fly properly under quarantine, which is the show we do early in the week, which has a single or two topics to talk about. But anyway, if you have any feedback for us, the best place is on twitter.com.org.edu.ca. You can reach Craig at Sports Are Bad. Yeah, I don't have anything this week besides podcast, but I will. Yeah, I, uh, I, I, I'm gonna, I'll, I'll get to it next week. Follow Craig's it. knitting talk over it. Oh yeah, it's not up or active yet, but it won't be. But it follow won't. it. It won't be. It won't be. It, it won't happen. Uh, but make sure you follow along. Yeah, follow along. You can reach me at sdbomb or flyperbole, but make it flyperbole. Be sure to follow BSH Radio and Broad Street Hockey. Be sure to check out all of our other great podcast options everybody has really stepped it up during uh this COVID 19 crisis as oh, far yeah. as the block goes and uh just please uh you know support us and uh support all the great efforts by everybody putting out uh that tangy tent for you folks also we do have a fly purpley instagram now out now my lovely girlfriend m is making uh little you know uh like graphics for each episode and they are awesome i'm really enjoying them yeah so, go uh, follow that because those yeah. graphics are pretty cool i do enjoy them killing it killing it all right folks that's all we got thanks so much for listening and wash your damn hands stay safe be careful out there wash those hands until next time in the words of the great gene hart good night and good hockey wash your hands wash your hands wash your hands Hello everybody, this is Flyperbole. It is a podcast about hockey, mostly the Flyers, but also other hockey things, like other hockey teams that play the sport of hockey. Steve, but not Steve Hartnell and Craig, but not Craig Ruby, no. This isn't all those hockey guys. These are the guys who watch the hockey sport. Yeah! Fly, 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 fly.